coming up on today's swim episode. See the difference, and as a result, it winds up being one-dimensional, sounding less wide. Even though you may have something pan hard left, hard right, if you're doing the same exact thing on both sides, that creates that flat sound. Going back to my example of the guitar, where you do this is swim success with music. Yo, what's good, music fam? This is Walt, and you are listening to Swim. That stands for Success with Music. This is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students. We are here and we're talking about the music life and specifically tips and insight that will help you get better at the creation or the creative process, get better with marketing, get better with understanding musical concepts, and we're here to help you get better at your overall sound. Yo, I appreciate you listening to the episode as usual. If you happen to be new to the podcast, we've seen uh, an uptick in listeners as of late, so I do appreciate it. And uh, for those of you who are new, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and do it now. And when new episodes drop, you'll be the first to hear them. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. So go ahead, subscribe to it right now, and you can actually subscribe from our website, which is successwithmusic.com, successwithmusic.com. And if you go to the bottom of the screen, there should be some buttons that pop up where you can subscribe. You can also listen to all the past episodes if you just kind of cruise through the menu on our homepage. So yeah, go ahead and do that right now so you can keep up with us. And uh, yeah, we'll keep the music knowledge flowing. Yo, so I wanted to get back into some production-related tips today and some uh, editing-related tips. And specifically, I want to deal with the concept of wideness in your track, how big your sound is, how broad, for, or I guess in simpler terms, you know, how you know much stereo you have going on in your track. I'm not going to get into like the surround sound world. Uh, that's just a completely different animal, in my opinion. And you're getting more into television and, and uh, cinematic stuff. I'm just talking about music for the average consumer. If you're listening to a set of headphones or if you're in your car, or if you're creating music, just again, for the average uh, listener, I want to talk about how to widen your overall sound. Now, we're not going to get into volume. We're not going to get into the actual sound energy because we kind of tackled that way back on episodes 47 through 49. So if you're looking to make your track louder, uh, go ahead and check those episodes out. But again, today we are dealing with how wide it is. So yeah, man, let's uh, let's do it. So today I want to offer seven seven tips on how to widen your track to make it big, immersive, large, whatever kind of adjective you want to throw in there. So these tips will come kind of fast. I Fair warning, they will require that you have to go maybe do some additional research. Uh, not all of them, but some of them will require for you to do a little digging because each of your... Your setups may be different, your digital audio workstation. So the the tools or the plugins or or the things that you 
may need to accomplish what I'm talking about may differ. But again, I'm going to send you in the right direction to achieve a bigger, bigger sound. But as we do get into it, know that today's episode is brought to you by our Swim Master Melody Course. You can check that out at our main page. It's the Swim Master Melody Course. This is an online course that will help you get better at creating melodies. Melody structure, how to create a captivating song, create something that will cause people to remember your music like forever. And that's really the goal if, you, if you're trying to, to create songs that you're putting out there for consumption, for uh, listening online and streaming and things like that. So yeah, check it out at our main page. Again, it's the Swim Master Melody Course. It's right there at the top of our page on success with music.com. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our seven tips. All right, so my first tip, I will go through it by way of a story. So a few weeks back, I was working on my own song and uh, doing some editing and things like that. And oh, before I get into that, fair warning, what I'm talking about today, all the widening tips, it's really kind of at the final stages of your recording process. So in the mixing stage, uh, in the mastering stage, so just fair warning, so if you're just starting your song, I mean, I guess some of this stuff can be applied, but I'm really looking at once you kind of have all of your pieces in place, all your instruments, all your vocals, that type of thing. So let me get back to my story, right? So a few weeks ago, I'm towards the end of creating my song. And uh, as usual, I will just go ahead and throw in a reference track just to kind of see where do I compare to some of the bigs out there, some of the major recording studios, what kind of sound they're putting out and let me compare my track to those commercially released tracks. So that's what I mean by reference track. I I reference something a bit bigger and better uh, in terms of um, input than what I have to offer. Anyhow, I, I I go ahead and drag in this this commercially released track, and then there's my track, and I do the old A B scenario. I play the the track from this nationally known artist. I play my track, and of course, um, get discouraged like ultra fast. So I realize, among a number of things, that their sound was really really wide and broad and deep. My track felt flat boring and thin. And then there's a number of reasons for that. We're not going to get into that today. We're just going to deal with the wideness that I heard in this commercially released track. So my first tip is simply this. If you are looking to achieve a wider sound, if I were you, go out and get a reference track. Find a song in the same genre that you produce or write in and Put it out there. Just put it up into your your digital audio workstation and play your song and play that song. And check out what's happening there. If you discover, like I did, that your song seems to be very narrow, very flat, kind of one-dimensional, you have some work to do, most likely. And so my first tip, again, is get yourself a reference track so you know exactly what the bar is with respect to commercially released music or what's being put out there in terms of sound, a commercial sound. All right, so get that reference track. That's tip number one. Tip number two, this is an oldie but uh, an absolute favorite of mine. When you're trying to achieve a wider sound, I am an absolute raving fan of LCR panning. LCR panning, letters L-C-R. 
standing for left, center, and right. This concept or this methodology, if you will, it's all about hard panning, meaning you'll pan some of your instruments hard left, you'll put some things in mono dead center, and you'll put other things far right. Now, when I used to produce, I don't know, a few years back, I love the kind of the, the gray areas, you know, 30% over to the left, 70% over to the right, maybe 85% and 15%. I think it made me feel like I was doing something special, but in reality, I think I was just using my 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 indicators on my screen just to make me feel like I'm spreading the sound throughout between the left and the right side of the uh, the, the audio spectrum. I don't think I was doing a lot in terms of creating a broad sound. So my point is, I like to deal in extremes when achieving a wide sound. So for instance, if you are going to put in, let's say a couple of guitars, I would pan one guitar, guitar, let's say it's rhythm, far left. And then let's say you have a a secondary rhythm guitar, maybe some plucking or some lead you know, moves or whatever, I'll put that far right. So I'll put one far left, one far right. Now, kind of a bonus tip within the tip here, and this is kind of with guitars, but this can actually be applicable to some other things. I was talking to what I perceive as one of the best guitarists I've met, period, in my entire life, and I've been around for a while. I'm quite older than some of you guys out there. This guy is like a virtuoso, but he taught me something new. As a guitar player, what he does is when he's doing LCR panning, he will play a set of rhythm chords and he'll record them and put them hard left. He will record the same chords like, you know, one, four, five or whatever the the, 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 the chord progression is. He'll record the same progression on the right side, far right. The thing is, though, he will do an inversion of the chord on the opposite side of the speaker. So in other words, you have, let's say, uh, the the first inversion on the left side of the speaker, let's say it's an A chord, and then you do the second inversion of A, same chord, on the far right. And when you play them together, it just gives you a fuller and wider sound. Both guitars are playing the chord A, but they're, again, panned hard left, hard right, but together they give you this wide, broad sound, all with one chord. You can apply this to vocals, meaning you can you know, kind of flip your harmonies around. You can apply this to, let's say, synth chords or synth intervals. So play around with this idea, and I'm telling you, you will achieve a wide sound. All right, let me keep going, because I think I went too far on detail in that one. Uh, the next thing is, and this is a pretty obvious one, you can go ahead and find yourself, um, you know, a stereo widening plugin or a stereo image plugin. So on your DAW, you probably should have something called like stereo imaging or imager, or sometimes these names may vary uh, depending on what kind of plugin you have, but that may be a way to kind of widen the sound. I think these are okay, uh, but if you're not careful, you can wind up with a very artificial sound. And also, depending on the original sound that you're running through your plugin, some of the qualities within that sound may kind of interrupt or counteract the actual plugin's uh, intent. So play around with it and see if you get um, the sound that you're looking for. Having said that, though, 
I would recommend using the stereo widening plugin on individual instruments. I know that I mentioned that we're talking about kind of the 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 sum of everything, like at the mastering stage here. But when I'm using widening plugins, I'll save it for you know a synth part or maybe uh, you know some guitar or horns or a bell or what have you. For plugins, for whatever reason, I just don't feel good about putting a widener on my master bus. I feel like it's rarely worked out for me. Maybe my plugins suck. Um, so the tip is, if you want to widen your mix, try to apply a stereo plugin to individual key instruments, maybe like a pad or a warm synth that you want to kind of envelop all the other uh, instruments or kind of back them up. That may make sense. All right, let's go on to our next tip. I highly recommend that you go do some research on this. And this is called mid-side processing. Mid-side processing. Go ahead and Google it. My my DAW, um, in order to get this done with my DAW, it's pretty complicated, but I set it up as a template. So when I'm at the the mastering stage, I have all of my tracks set up to where this process can be done without me trying to figure out how to do this each and every single time. But let me go and just define what we're talking about here. Mid-side processing is just a way to make adjustments to the spacing of the instruments when you're at the final mastering stage. Now, the mid in this name, mid-side processing, it stands for all of these sounds that share the middle of your set of speakers. So in other words, everything that is mono. And then all of the sounds that are on the sides, that's in a separate channel. So in effect, mid-side processing will allow for you to separate all of your mono sounds collectively and all of your side sounds collectively. And so what you can do is once you are at the point of using this technique, you can move your mono sounds up or down by way of one fader. You can move all of your side stereo sounds up by one fader. So if you want to make your sound overall a bit wider, you'll drag your fader up a little bit. Or if it's too wide or it's becoming too muddy, you can uh, bring that mid up just a bit. So again, this is a phenomenal technique. So go ahead and check that out. Google it. Find out how to apply it in your digital audio workstation. Mid-side processing. All right, so next thing here, let's talk about the, I'm trying to figure out how I can say this best here. I would say the mixture of sound treatment for your individual tracks. So I'm going to, again, kind of contradict myself just a bit here. So I mentioned, you know, being at the mastering stage, but if you are still not achieving wideness in your your final mix, I would maybe go back into your project and deal with your instruments individually. Kind of similar to what I mentioned with the, uh, the stereo plugin, but I want to go a bit further on this. What I like to do is have a mixture of sound treatment within my song. So in other words, I like to have some sounds. Let's say it's an 808 and it's super dry and it's mono right in the middle. I then may have, you know, let's say in a drum kit, you know, a hi-hat that's pushed far left, but, you know, I apply some 
room reverb on that hi-hat. And then maybe far right, I have some type of delay on... I don't know, a shaker or something like that. And then, you know, I'll apply this this technique, you know, depending on the style of the music, with the instruments, the other instruments. I'm just talking about percussion just as an example. But the point is, I like to have a mixture of sounds and a mixture of EQing. So I'll go back to my uh, guitar friend. He was showing me some of his techniques for recording uh, rhythm. And for him, he will completely eliminate all of the low end and he will completely eliminate some of the high end. He tries to grab mid band frequencies and accentuate those. So the guitar doesn't cut through too much with the the high end and the boominess of the guitar certainly is eliminated by way of uh, the EQ on the left side of the spectrum there. So the point is, this technique as an example, allows for just a different sound treatment within the mix and it allows your guitar to play a a role in the overall mix to where it doesn't sound like a big wall of blended sound. And doing things like this, it just allows for your instruments to, to coexist in a phenomenal way. And if you use that LCR panning on top of this, it allows them to exist in their individual spaces and it feels like one thing is way over there and then one thing is way over there. And when you use these distinct sounds, like I mentioned as example, like delay over here or you're using mono in the middle, it just allows the ear to quickly scan the room, if you will, and just kind of, it, it feels immersive. But if everything has delay, if everything has reverb, if everything has the same sound treatment, it just starts to have that flat feeling, as I mentioned in the very beginning. So again, push things to the far left, to the far right, and apply some slight um, nuanced effects to these things to give you a broader sound. All right, let's keep going. Dynamics can play a major role in creating a wide sound. Now, this is only if you are using the LCR panning technique, meaning you're panning things far left, far right, and having some things dead in the center, mono. So I'm going to give you an example. Way back in the day when I would uh, create commercials for my clients and I wanted to have all these vocals, I'll have like, um, you know, like a tenor part or maybe an alto part or I may have a three part harmony for a track or for a commercial. And invariably, I'll have the singer double the, the track. So I'm like, all right, hey, let's double it. Let's triple it. Let's quadruple it. Let's just overdub this thing to death. So I'll have like, I don't know, six uh, tenor parts. I'll have six alto parts and I'll have six soprano parts. Guess what I did? I would evenly divide those vocals left and right. So for the the six tenor parts, I'll do three on the left, three on the right. And then same thing with the alto, three on the left, three on the right. And I'll do the same thing for the soprano part. And I would pan them hard left, hard right. And it gave me a stereo sound for the vocals. It seemed full, but it still wound up sounding kind of flat or kind of just one dimensional. And over time, I've learned that an imbalanced sound is great when it comes to creating wideness. What I mean by imbalance, the left side for those harmonies don't have to be as loud. And that's what we're dealing with here, dynamics. They don't have to be as loud as the right side. 
hence the word dynamics. So let me go back and give you that example again and let me tell you how I change things in more recent days. So let's say I have my six overdubs of the tenor part. I would take maybe two of them and pan them hard left and then maybe have four of them hard right. And of the four on the hard right side, I may reduce the volume of a couple of the tracks um, you know, by half or by a quarter or what have you. So when you heard the tenor part alone, it felt kind of lopsided, like, whoa, hey, over here in this one speaker, the, the tenor part is coming in a lot harder, a lot hotter. And then I'll do the same thing for the, the alto part, but I would maybe weight it the opposite side of the, the tenor part. So in other words, everything would not be symmetrical in terms of dynamics or the loudness or the softness. And so what it did is it created this lopsided presentation of the sound, which caused your ear to be cognizant of both the left and the right. But when you have equal left and right on everything, it doesn't allow for your ear to really see the difference. And as a result, it winds up being one-dimensional, sounding less wide, even though you may have something pan hard left, hard right. If you're doing the same exact thing on both sides, that creates that flat sound. The moral of the story here is use dynamics in a strategic way to achieve a wide sound. One of the major tips in terms of uh, you know using this technique, lower the volume on some things. When you have, let's say, a shaker in your percussion section or what have you, shakers usually cut through the mix just because of the frequencies it occupies on the EQ. You don't have to have that shaker ultra loud. It can be a lot lower, really, really low, and pan that way left, and you'll hear something way out there in the distance, and that's what it sounds like. It feels like it's way out there, but you can still hear it. It's kind of like that audio illusion where when you reduce the volume of that shaker, but you can still hear it, it feels like, hey, it's not only just left, it's way left. And that creates that wide feel. So use volume to your advantage, especially the reduction of volume. So again, that's a a major tip for you. Last thing here. This is a, a situation where you may have to do some hunting online and, and see if there's a plugin that can help you out with this. Find a stereo analyzer. And I think I stumbled upon one free one um, that I was using, I believe. Um, and if I have it, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But a stereo analyzer is an amazing tool. So let me go back to the very beginning when I started this whole show and I talked about uh, my reference track and me feeling like my song was trash as compared to this nationally um, known artist. So when I put this track on from this commercially released song, I slap my stereo analyzer on there and visually I can see the the spreading of the sound between the far left and the far right. So this stereo analyzer that I was using, it gives you like a little circle in the middle or like a little oval shape, and it shows you everything that's appearing dead center in mono. And then it shows you the things that are appearing on the far left and the far right. And when I looked at the song, the reference track, I realized that, whoa, they do have a pretty wide sound. It's not just my imagination. I'm seeing a visual depiction of it. And so when I loaded my track up, man, my 
mono sounds were just overwhelming. I mean, this thing was lit up right in the middle, telling me that I had a lot of sound right in the middle and not on the periphery, not on the edges. So using this tool kind of sobered me up just a bit and it caused me to go back to the drawing board. In my instance, I went back to a technique that I mentioned earlier, which is that mid-side processing. So I simply went to that, opened it up, and dragged my middle signal down just a bit so that the side or the edges were a bit more pronounced, allowing for a more broad and big sound. So yeah, go check it out. Find a free stereo analyzer online and see if you can make your tracks wider. Hey, listen, we've gone through seven tips. So, I mean, come on, at least one of these got to do something for you, right? Hey, let me know how it goes. Feel free to send feedback into the show. I love to see what you guys are working on. And if I can answer any questions for you, most certainly reach out to us. Our website is successwithmusic.com. You can send us a message there. Or if you want to be on the show, if you want to be interviewed for a skill or for a new song you dropped or you have uh, some insight about the music game, we love having guests. So yeah, check us out at successwithmusic.com music.com while you're there yep go ahead subscribe let's keep up and check out our swim master melody course it's an investment that is well worth it yo i appreciate the love share the podcast if you can and write us a nice review man that allows us to keep going this is an absolutely free service and all we're trying to do is help you get better in this music game so hey return the favor by giving us a review and yeah man we'll be back doing this again all right, be good. Ten dollars a gas won't fill the tank. No, this just gets old. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life.